0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another Miss the Smark edition of the Smark Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always is Callum Wiggins. Dookie. (laughs) Robert D. Police. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, we just got done watching No Holds Barred. We did this for a crossover between the two websites. So if you want to check out our like, you know, live reactions, first impressions for myself and Callum, uh, we did the fan tracks over on fanboysanonymous.com. So go check that out. Watch the movie with us and you'll hear our legitimate like what the fuck is happening on this kind of thing. The reason why we're doing this is because June 2nd just passed by. We were going to record this on June 2nd, but then June 2nd turned out to be another time where they're releasing a bunch of people. So we switched it up a little bit. We did the hot tags then. It's June 4th now instead, but, uh, you know, same kind of thing. It's, you know, 32 years since this movie was made, 1989. That's insane. And it was one of those things that last year when we were workshopping the idea of Missed This Mark, which, if you don't know what it is, it's basically the idea is... At least one of us hasn't seen something that is either infamous or it's like, oh, you must see this because it's so good or, you know, something along those lines. But it's, uh, you know, we didn't see something that everybody else should see in one fashion or another. So we watch it, we review it, you know, we do that kind of thing. We did one of them before on December to Dismember. And that was one of the ones that I hadn't seen. So this was another one that I was just like, I, I want to do this. I know that people have requested that we would do something based off of this. I figured June 2nd is probably a good time to do it. Probably wouldn't be, you know, a pay-per-view at that time or whatever it might have been. And it worked out well enough to be able to do it for this uh, double feature kind of a thing. And it totally lives up. <laughs> like, this movie's insane. And we're going to just review it here. We're going to give some of our thoughts that we, you know, rounding out what we had said in the fan tracks and everything. So again, check out the fan tracks if you want the full experience of our reactions to these kind of things. But as always drop a comment below, tell us your thoughts on the movie, your thoughts on our reflections of how we're going to break this down here. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's a thing.
1: All right. So, I had first seen this film, I believe I was a either a sophomore or a junior in high school. That's a, that's a good 10 years since I've like seen this film the first time and the only time. This movie is a disjointed mess. Yeah. <laughs> where you got Hulk Hogan, who's not actually Hulk Hogan, even though he's totally being Hulk Hogan. Uh, and... You get this weird uh, network executive who wants him to die because he said, "No, I will not join your network because I'm under contract from the WWF." Yeah. Uh, this fucking movie was wild. Like, even outside of it just being a bad film, it's just a wild fucking movie.
2: Yeah, it's one of these one of these rare instances of a movie where there's. There seems to be like a lot happening, and like it's hard to kind of follow because the as Rob says, the plot is so disjointed and it's going from one scene to the other without any real semblance of a plot or any sort of narrative direction. And yet, throughout most of the movie, nothing really happens, nothing really progresses or evolves. No characters really develop. The only way they do develop is that one of them, you know, one of them is at one point looking really healthy, and the other time, he's in a wheelchair. And that's basically the amount of character development you're going to get out of this movie.
1: What about the sweet love story where she's the executive, but she's actually a heel working for the evil guy. But no, she's not, because she's realized that Hulk Hogan is a sweet guy. So the one executive slaps her, and then somebody tries to rape her. there There were some scenes in this film that were just like, Oh wow, we're going there.
2: And I legitimately want to quote this thing from the Wikipedia page, just because, just in case, like you're thinking that the rape thing is a little bit like I'm zealous. Of, like, um, so like she confesses her identity to the wrestler and turns to be side, Brel learns of Samantha's defection because he, he she told her, she told him directly that she's def- she's defecting, and so I don't yeah. know why. I need do that. But says, and vowing revenge, sends his underlings to kidnap and rape her.
0: Yeah that is legitimately the phrase i've got on
2: wikipedia
0: for it i mean he used the phrase something like it's party time which is like one of those oh yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and the fucking acting was bad here brell says it's party time like what
0: yeah so it's there are oh man there's so much that could be broken down about this movie obviously we we're not gonna you know break down every single element but
1: you did say you wanted to talk about the dookie scene
0: let's better. talk about it
1: yeah like
0: so at one point in this movie it's just a fight sequence i mean it, it, everything's well, just for the sake of whatever so let's not uh yeah. mince words here this is garbage but <laughs> I, there's well,
2: a i kind of want to set the scene for it because so because how this progresses is that hogan has been like he's gone out of braille's office and he's refused to sign a contract with him like he shoved his check down his throat so he gets into this limo and the limo then just locks up because oh, it's an evil limo driver that clearly works for Braille. Yet yeah, Hogan thought that that'd be totally fine. And then and then he manages to send the uh, limo kind of all over the place just by kicking it. Yeah.
0: he's able to kick so well in his back, like you know where he, he's uh, seated, that he's able to have dents in the passenger seat that he can't have access to. And he's kicking it. I mean, we. Th- I'll give him credit for this. This is at least established at one point in the movie, unintentionally. He's able to kick this and make the car swerve. Later on, he's able to do push-ups and shake the fucking bed. So, clearly, this guy moves goddamn mountains with everything that he does. I'm surprised that his footsteps don't, like, cause earthquakes. But he kicks enough that the limo gets all thrown out. And it happens to be that they pull up right next to a bunch of goons and he's fighting the goons and the one of them shits himself. And you end the scene with him saying, what's that smell? And he goes, dookie dookie (laughs) dookie.
1: And that's it. He doesn't <sighs> toss him or anything. He doesn't toss him. He doesn't punch him, knock him out, headbutt him.
2: That's just it. Dookie. Like. Yeah, and, and for <laughs> we know, he just stands there holding him for about a good couple of hours. Away. Yeah, <laughs> just, just
0: shaking like, him a little bit while the guy continues to get crap himself.
2: <laughs> Dookie.
0: Uh, look, I love a wide variety of movies. Like, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it a million times, so whatever. Shawshank Redemption, best movie of all time. Godfather, number two. You know, I, but at the same time, my favorite comedy of all time is Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Some movies are great. Some movies are bad. Some movies are so bad that they're good. Some movies are just like, you know, you watch 2001, A Space Odyssey. If you don't feel something after watching that movie... I mean, you know, what the hell's going on? You don't have to watch a movie that's, like, the most dramatic, whatever, for it to be fun. I don't want anybody to think that, like, you know, a stupid action flick or a funny horror film or a terrible comedy can't still be fun. But this is just inherently so bad. And each decision that they've made for this movie is very clearly motivated by somebody who thinks that they should be in the business and they really shouldn't be. Or it's somebody who's not in the business and they're giving notes. Like this Dookie scene is so indicative of that kind of a thing. It's just sort of, well, wouldn't it be funny if a guy shits himself when because he, he's so afraid of Hulk Hogan? And then another person goes, I know the word Dookie is funny. And I can't imagine Vince McMahon not watching this film and nearly pissing himself laughing at that. <laughs> he probably thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, you would be surprised about that. It's Like, ha ha, that
2: was so funny. I nearly keep
0: myself. Yeah, That's just so- <laughs> like, and then you know how some people, you know, especially kids, if they like watch a movie or something, they start like quoting the movie like crazy. Mm-hmm. Vince is probably, probably hanging out a catch yeah. like uh, backstage working on like uh, plans for SummerSlam and stuff and he's just kind of like you know somebody goes like oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick and he's just like ah, dookie ah, like that fucking movie you know kind of thing like.
2: He probably thought the kids would get into it, and like they'd be quoting him over the place, and then he'd introduce the the grand scheme of introducing a wrestling character called Dookie, whose whose gimmick is that he shits himself on the <laughs>
0: way of <to> the room. <laughs> it's like a prototype of Dross. Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <gonna>, <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's so bad. Of course, the uh, well, actually, you know, let's do this. Uh, let's apply something that. I've done over on fanboys. This is the uh, the making the grade report card. Uh, the way to review movies that I've tooled over the years. We got storytelling subjects, we got technical subjects, and we got extra credit notes. So the storytelling, the story itself. All right. Here's the story. Hulk Hogan, not named Hulk Hogan, is great. We want him on our network but since he said no he needs to fucking die
2: yeah that's 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 basically about yeah, it so 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 essentially what happens is that this this tv director is the the big villain of the entire movie or, or at least like yeah the overarching villain of the entire movie uh brell wants hogan to be part of his television network because he's making huge Reigns as the world champion over on the wrestling side of things in the wwf so even though he's worked for the WWF and there's people like Mean Gene and Jesse Ventura there, he can't be Hulk Hogan. He has to be Rip Thomas instead. And so then, so yeah, he t- refuses to go over to Bro's, uh network, uh, even though he gives him like a blank check to do whatever he wants. And so this guy then manages to form this thing called the Battle the sh- of the Tough Guys. Battle of the Tough Guys, and. And it proves to be like a massive rating success. So essentially, the movie could just end there. You're right? <laughs> it's like, okay, we didn't get we didn't get uh, Rip Thomas, but instead we found, found like through complete chance, we stumbled across this fantastic new concept that everyone loves and is getting the best TV ratings. We won. Essentially, <laughs> we got what we wanted. But no, that's not enough for Braille. He wants Rip Thomas dead as how, well. So.
0: How funny is it to think about this too? All he did. Was film an alternative product? That's not even good because it's in a dive bar. So mm. his answer to how do we beat Rip in the ratings is just do something else. Period. I, and he I succeeded. I so he's just like, well, if I'm that fucking great of a producer, anything I do is going to be end up uh, end up being great and all that. Like, yeah, it, there's no
2: purpose. Yeah, I listen. Paul Heyman watched this movie and he got a fantastic idea. <laughs> Just ECW. It's different <laughs> than what the other two are doing, <laughs> and it worked for at least to a degree. But and it's
1: it's very weird that this person was so hung up on not getting Hogan that he was willing to basically die for it. Because <laughs> is that like a Vince thing? Like does Vince? Oh while he does see himself as a babyface most times, does Vince also think, yeah, I'd be that guy. he be like, oh, fuck you, you don't want to sign with me? I'll kill you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but then they, they try and add a bit more depth to the story by introducing this love interest, Samantha Moore, who essentially, I mean, you show how the storytelling works or the character development or anything like that happens. In the first thing that we see, Samantha, where she's this... um. Like she's the head of this agency, and she's clearly saying a lot of sophisticated and important things about trying to get Rip's character more uh, build on build on the marketing success of Rip. And Rip is just checking her out the entire time; he's paying zero attention to what she has to say. He's just checking out her ass, and it's like it's not even he's being subtle about it. He's pretty much like like he's just waiting for the moment. And then as soon as she says, "Okay, then we'll go on a date," he just turned into a, f- a five-year-old kid who's yeah. just like never even seen. It's like, hmm boops like that sort of it's just yeah it's just the worst
0: well story wise if we're giving this a grade you know a b c d that kind of thing i mean it's a fucking f basically it's an f
2: yeah it has to be an f yeah like the only redeeming feature is just the idea that like you do have this good guy and you have an established bad guy and eventually the good guy beats the bad guy but by the end of it, like you just don't care. So what's the point of it? And <laughs> like almost every not care.
0: Almost every story can be made into a good film, or a good book, or a good you know TV show, whatever it might be. So in theory, if there's a story of competing television ratings and somebody tries to bring somebody to another network or something like that, you can potentially make a good movie based off of that. It's clearly not this one, <laughs> you know. So, not a good story. Character-wise, and we'll tie this into the technical side of the acting behind them, because it's easier to just, you know, talk about the individual characters and stuff. We've got Rip, played by Hulk Hogan. We've got Samantha, played by Joan Severance. The evil villain, corporate head, very, very 80s villain. Because, man, how many 80s movies are out there that the corporate guy is not the villain, Right.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he plays it very well, though. I did enjoy his acting in the movie.
0: So hey, that's Kurt Fuller, who, more than anybody other than Hogan, is probably the one that people go, oh, I've seen him in some stuff, you know? he's He's been in a ton of shit. He was in Ghostbusters 2, he was in The Running Man, Anchor Management, uh, what's, like, some of his most recent stuff. Um Nothing that seems like anybody would really know this. Um, Psych, the movie. Uh, wow, he hasn't been doing much in the past couple of years. That's for sure. Drop Dead Diva TV series, something called uh, Eli Stone TV series. I mean, this guy's been around uh, a lot of stuff. He, he voiced something in the Batman. Superior? Huh. I know that one. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's one of those guys. You know, you've like, oh, seen that dude in a bunch of things, but you got him. Oh yeah, that's right. He's the the sheriff in Scary Movie. Forgot about that. Great film. You got the other principal villain, the you know the heavy of the movie, Zeus, played by Tiny Lister, who wrestling fans are more familiar with because Zeus actually popped up and you know did the whole wrestling thing. He for what he is, he's good. He's big, he's threatening looking. Obviously he's not a fleshed out character or anything like that, but like what do you expect well, he's, in this movie?
2: Yeah, he's he's the Hogan villain. Yeah. Just like a monster like super, that they build up by having him beat squash a load of other guys who barely says anything. Has an evil mouthpiece essentially for him, and yeah, that's that's essentially the Hogan formula. Let's just make a film out of it.
1: The weird thing is, Hogan barely says anything for like the first hour of this film.
0: Hmm. we got a uh, Hogan's brother, this little brother, but, uh, Randy.
1: So, if you're over on the Smarka uh, on no, the fanboys channel, you would watch Tony and I doing the fan tracks for Army of the Dead, and I go off on how Kate is a useless character in Army of the Dead. Randy's worse. (laughs) I don't know why Randy is watching Zeus fight in some factory somewhere. I don't know why Randy's friend is like, hey, man, that's Rip's brother. You know, you'll see what's going to happen. it's like setting the poor guy up to get his ass fucking kicked. And I... He looks like he's gonna cry from the minute he comes face to face with Zeus. Well, what good is Randy?
0: Yeah, he doesn't even do the uh, the rip thing at the end like we were thinking that he was gonna do.
1: Because he was starting to move his fingers and I thought, oh, he'll, rip, he'll do the whole rip him.
0: Nope. <laughs> Randy is a shit character, of course. Uh... There's no development when it comes to somebody like Charlie, the trainer. He's just there to be Mick from Rocky, but without any charm or personality or character. Hmm. We got the Stooges, Ordway and Unger. They're Stooges. Yeah, just, yeah, just not nothing characters, really. And that's basically it, because everybody else is like, you know, uh, a guy. Yeah. You know, Stan Hansen pops up. He's... Yes. What's his character's name? Neanderthal. Uh,
1: <laughs> Neanderthal, okay. Was it really? Yeah. That yeah. Was his name. Well, they called him Bubba in the movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so they can't even get that right. We got the Headbangers in this movie. Not technically, so. but, uh, you know, two characters are named Short Headbanger and Big Headbanger, so not Masha So, fun Thrasher, fact but.
1: about that. Joe Leduc, who played Big Headbanger... Actually, joined the WWF for like a couple of months as the headbanger. It just didn't work out. Then he's kind of forgotten because he's not on any pay per views or anything.
0: His last name's Duke? <laughs> yes. Why didn't he just go as Joel Duke? <laughs> it would have worked out a little bit better then. <laughs> as, as one of the things
2: we also mentioned while we were watching the movie as well is just the fact there is a very minimal amount of actual wrestlers on this movie, considering the fact that it's. It's Financed by Vince McMahon,
0: yeah. Uh, Okerlund, Fink, and Ventura pop up just to yeah. kind of fill in the WWF side of things. Yeah, we, we got, got Stan Hansen, Hansen and we uh, got Axe from Demolition. You got Axe, and then uh, I'm pretty sure that Jeep Swenson did some wrestling, but of course, he wasn't like a professional wrestler for WWE. But he's Lug Branch Perkins in this, and if anybody knows the name jeep swenson you probably know him as bane from batman and robin so just so, you know uh, big dude
1: i'm gonna double check this right now but i do believe that he along with zeus were a part of the 1996 series w match where it's just hogan and savage versus like 10 heels inside of a cage hmm. and i think they called them uh the ultimate solution or the final oh solution. yeah yeah. The solution, yeah, I do believe that is a uh, Jeep Sunton.
2: A really good idea to name a wrestler after a Nazi movement? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's not um, wouldn't be my first choice. mean, <laughs> they were the Dungeon of Doom after all, I guess. But uh, the only other kind of wrestling personality in this movie, even for a slight moment of time, is Joey Morella as the referee. Good for Joey.
0: Some of the other character names that they have for this, like these, you know, MMA fighter types, they've got Bulldog McPherson, Klondike Kramer, and one that really stood out, Brock Chisler. First
1: of all, you've been very kind to them, calling them MMA-style fighters. These were just, like, randos. That's an octagon. (laughs) With, With lug wrenches. But, yeah, Brock Chisler, that's a
0: name. That's fucking bonkers. And it's funny enough, apparently they didn't spell his name right. He's credited as Leon Sink, S-E-N-K, and his name's Leon Seck, S-E-K-K. So they typed some guy's name wrong.
2: (laughs) Well, well, at least that was the biggest mistake they made in this entire (laughs) movie.
0: There's also apparently Rebar Lawless, played by giant Gustave Claude Umay. I remember that character popping up. But obviously the characters are not all that great. Uh, my favorite character of the whole bunch, Sadie, the waitress. <laughs> yeah. one, one scene and she's just kind of like, hey honey, I'd fuck you if I weren't married. <laughs> That's basically it. And it's like, all right, give her a movie. Like Sadie. Yeah.
1: Oh no, and then Hogan stops a robbery by throwing pies at people.
0: As one does. I mean, <laughs> look, we're in a time frame right now where people are really questioning the validity of a lot of police forces. How would you stop a crime? You'd throw a pie, right? <laughs> yeah. God damn this movie. Uh so no matter who it is, whether it's Hogan, Severance, whatever. The acting is a solid D minus. <laughs> there's worse, but there's not uh, much worse. A lot better. There's a lot better.
2: It, yeah, it's just it's so wooden, and most of the acting isn't really done verbally by someone like Hogan in particular. Like Hogan barely says anything outside of his like traditional Hogan isms like, when he's in character and actually resting. Outside of that, he doesn't actually say that much, and when he does say things, he doesn't come across believable in any way. And I'm pretty sure there's at least a couple of times in this movie where he just looks directly into the camera. Mm -hmm. Because he just just doesn't know how to do stuff. This is his first, this was his first, like, movie appearance since the Thunderlips thing. in That was in, what, 82? Yeah, that was seven years ago. So... Yeah, and I, I'm almost certain that they thought when they were putting elements of this together that they were making an, like a new Rocky series. It's right. just like, no, it's not. It's not anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah. The acting is just really wood, and the only one that really commits to it is Krell. Brow, Brow. Sorry,
0: Brow. Yeah, I'm
2: getting confused because it's Kurt Fuller and then it's Brow. Yeah. Well, so, so he's Kurt the Fuller. only
0: one that's he's hamming it up in a way that he knows this is garbage. So he's just yeah. going to be very like you know. Uh, he's going to turn everything to a 13 instead of a 10. Yeah.
2: So he yeah, does his
0: part the way that he's supposed to do it. It's obviously yeah, sure that... not the type of thing that he's going to get nominated for an actor, uh, for an Oscar or anything like that for acting. But like, he knows he's in a B movie. He's playing it up. And he's been in other things where he's good. So it's not like he's some shit actor. Like, oh, God, what's that movie that... um. The kid goes, Oh my god, they're gonna they're eating them, and then they're gonna eat me. Oh my god. Um, you guys have like seen that Gre- clip, it's, right? it's like, Is that one of the Gremlins movies or something? I don't know. Something like that. I don't know exactly what, but like that is not like what like a Kurt Fuller can do. He can do better than that. <laughs> Check him out in other movies. He's fine. Hogan, I think, has been better, of course. I was troll too. Troll, too. Okay, that makes sense. Like, uh... The line in the movie that I think may be my biggest, like, wow, the acting is so bad here, is, man, I hate it when you're hurt.
1: No, the the line in the movie where the, the acting is peak crap is they close up on, on Randy, and Randy just goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, going to become another uh, how we've been doing with the review to a kill series where in Moonraker he says a woman and different things like that that's going to be another thing where it's going to you know months from now we're going to be talking about something yeah <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> I know it <laughs> I mean there's,
2: there's tons of to tell. the one that sticks in my mind is uh, you and me and Harley and Trey <laughs> <laughs> you and
1: me <laughs> Uh, no, it's the Harley, the Harley and me, and you and the tree do the rip and pose. It's like what the yeah. fuck? The guy just tried to rape your girlfriend, Hogan. What are you doing?
0: <sighs> Acting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking very, very, rough. Very, rough, very rough. Yeah. A couple oh. technical things, visuals. So the visual effects, the makeup, the costumes, the sets. That kind of thing. What we're looking at, essentially, cinematography, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, not good.
2: I don't it could have been a lot, lot worse. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay. of,
0: this is I not a movie that like has, anything. like, you know, sequences where, you know, like they needed to have some kind of a CGI and they didn't or something like that. It's 80s. So it's very 80s.
1: We got to see Hogan in like tie dye,
2: short shorts, and uh, stuff like that's fun. Oh, we have to talk about if we're talking about just anything. Uh, and, uh, I'm trying to fit it somewhere, so I might as well fit it in here. If we're talking about cinematography, um, the shot of Rip charging a mirror.
0: Yeah, looks, see
2: that he that is showing a projection of Zeus, and just like the slow motion shots of him like going back and forth, charging into it. And then the explosion happening because the glass shatters, and yeah.
0: A lot of it is bad. Yeah, that's their one visual effect really in this movie, and it's terrible. Mm. Because clearly Zeus is standing there, you know, you can see that he's an actual person, and then they cut away, and then they cut back, and it's just, you know, smashing through this mirror. Slow motion, you got this weird, like, kind of blurry effect going on.
2: Yeah, I would, I would say um, I'd say you should probably watch that back in the uh, actual fan tracks on fanboys anonymous just to hear Tony's reaction because I just love the I just love the tone in your voice when you're saying something. And you just go, oh no, no, they're not actually. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's like you you just know it's going to happen, but you just you're just trying to will it not to happen. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: I guess you know, technically speaking, like the sets aren't bad.
2: Yeah. Could be, yeah, yeah, it's not the worst. I mean a lot of it is like it does the um both the like the the attack on Samantha scene and also where they drive Hogan in the first place. Do that both take place in the same parking lot?
0: I think it might Yeah. Probably. Just like the parking lot around the studio kind of thing or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the parking lot of evil because a lot of bad shit happened in there. By the way, Hogan we didn't Kind of uh, glanced over this. Hogan jumped out of a limo and broke the roof. Yeah, that was totally fine.
0: <laughs> uh, costume wise, those fucking shorts that he wears.
1: Mm. Top notch, thumbs up.
0: Like I mean- if Joan Severance was wearing that in the movie, it would be like, oh, this is kind of, you know, uh, exploitative a little bit, just have the, the hot woman wearing like these really short shorts. No, it's fucking Hogan wearing it. But then again, she's wearing, you know, a bra and these, uh, you know, it's the eighties. So the, the panties that she's wearing are the size of, you know, three of Hogan's shorts. But like, uh, that look, man, why did anybody ever think bald Hogan with the hair, the way that he has it and the ripped shirt and those shorts was anything other than something to laugh at?
2: I guess they just thought he maybe there was some inkling at the time because of how popular he was that he was some sort of sex symbol. And so they could try totally and <laughs> exploit that side of it. I mean I mean, to be fair, you needed to have some sort of visual stimuli for the scene of them about for about two minutes just standing either side of a bathroom door brushing their teeth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that actually way sequence. too long. That lasted far too
0: long. That's uh, you got to build up that tension, you know, that romantic tension. Uh, haven't you guys been brushing your teeth in the other room with somebody else and brushing their teeth? Then you just clearly are going to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think the, you're
1: and doing you break, romantic tension wrong.
2: Yeah. And the, and the, and then that t- t- tension explodes when uh, Hogan accidentally breaks the bed, and then she falls on top of him, and then that makes them super angry.
1: And then Hogan fires back at her by going Well get this dude You put up more walls than I ever could Cause like, what, what
0: And uh you know there's a couch That's got a better sense of humor than you do Whatever Good. I'm gonna go sleep on the couch After I just fucked the bed up <laughs> You can stay here <laughs> Why are you mad at me for breaking the bed Maybe yeah. cause you broke the fucking bed Asshole You jumped on top of what? it See, you're thinking logically. That's not why she was upset. She's
1: thinking that he was intentionally trying to have her role on top of him. She's not even upset about him breaking the bed. She's just upset that when he did so, she ended up on top of him.
0: Oh, I mean, it's twofold. But at the same time, I'm you did break the bed.
1: Creepies, yeah, okay.
0: it's just. Okay, then don't fuck him. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, well, oh man
2: again it, again this is another part of like the stupid character side of things it's the fact that it's after this scene that okay so she's quote-unquote like falling in love with him because she's seen him beating up a couple of mask guys and like rolled on top of him in bed and seen seeing those shorts and thought oh yeah i want some of that and oh
0: don't forget that this guy <laughs> can order french food oh
2: yeah and just the fact that like and then this is the moment that we find out that she's been a double agent this whole time. There's been no inkling about that the entire movie so far. We find out she's a double agent. And then she immediately says, yeah, I'm not going to do what you wanted me to do. At and which then...
1: point, uh, Brel backhands her. And she ends up having to crawl away. And for a brief second, uh, Brel's two lackeys are like, oh, we feel bad about this because he just totally smacked a woman. Later on, one of those henchmen would tell a cop to shoot her. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And, and like, afterwards she goes back to Hogan after the, after that arguing, but now she's beaten up. Now it's time for all forgiveness and stuff like that. Like... Uh just yeah it's just it's so badly put together like the, this epic love story is just so <laughs> like it's, it's nothing like there's no reason for them two to really be getting together there's no there's no i mean they try and like rush the conflict and the seduction and really there's nothing in it
0: at all so, so let's that. switch over to audio we got the music and the sound uh no <laughs> Okay.
1: It's 80s to a T, but no.
0: Yeah, it it's not, it's well, let's put it this way. It's not poorly done, but that's bad decisions. Because, like, there's movies that have worse sound design. There's movies that have worse placement of music or, you know, whatever. That's not poorly done for the 80s. But it's the 80s, and it's crap in the 80s, so it's bad. Because <laughs> it's like, I mean, again, too, there's great movies in the 80s. And I love, you know, if you listen to the fan tracks, you'll hear me being like, oh, they're doing the the stereotypical villain theme of like the, you know, like... That's full-blown commando type shit, which is great in its own right. Like, I fucking love Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because they are straight-up trash that is so fun to watch. Give me Predator on a day where I'm like brain-dead over watching something like I don't know what's like an 80s movie that would be like super duper deep or something I don't know I'll think of something later but the uh, point being like these are fun and this is fun as hell watching this movie because it's so garbage Uh, but it's just not good you know (laughs) so thumbs down on the audio yeah Jim Johnston is
1: good but this is too much.
0: Yeah, not
2: it's not too, I'm too... I can really get behind a big 80s power ballad, but I think this one is just they use the songs at the wrong time and it breaks in between them so often. It's just not not coherent.
0: Uh, let's talk tone. We got action, comedy, romance, and drama. That's kind of what every movie is built around. Some of it, of course. You know, there's not much comedy in a movie that isn't supposed to be funny. Or... Not much romance and some other things, you know, whatever it might be. Obviously, this is primarily more action than anything else, and for the '80s, it's probably not all that bad.
1: The action itself is okay. It uh, I think good. I think everything else about the movie was terrible, but the action itself, I thought, was passable.
2: Yeah, because if, if we really want to get into the nitty-gritty of tone, and I know we've obviously got those four different categories, but if we want to go overall on the tone, this movie goes from childishly goofy at one end of the spectrum multiple times to downright sinister and horrible at the other end of it. Like, you've got things like Dookie and the yeah, and all this <laughs> other, like like Hogan having, like... uh. Doing his charity work with kids and stuff like that, and all this other f- fun, ho- wholesome family stuff. And the other end, you got a guy getting electrocuted and dying, a guy falling from a, a tall structure and seemingly dying. Uh,
0: like the, the main attempted- woman's part in this film is basically seduction, getting battered, potentially being raped, <laughs> and then being a damsel in distress.
2: Yeah and then uh, not to, not even to mention uh the uh the people where the guys going to the, ga- the going to the bar
0: and because they're all wearing suits they assume they're that,
1: oh,
2: that, that they yeah. gay. Oh god yeah.
0: Yeah, the uh what's the line it's um you guys must be looking for the gay bar. So,
1: yeah. so they walk into this bar and because they're men in suits they're like our party would like to be seated not realizing that they're in a fucking bar but the the chick looks at them and goes oh you must be looking for the gay bar yeah it's down the street (laughs) what
0: now of course you have to keep in mind it's a different time frame jokes like that of course were not looked at the way that they are now
1: no but like even still
0: it's still just like it's it's very lowbrow
1: what about them gave off the air of oh you must be looking for the gay bar
0: because they're not burly spitting out tobacco types of uh, guys Mm. you know they don't have one guy named Bubba the Neanderthal who you know is perfectly fine taking a dump on the floor or whatever the hell they're doing over in there
1: oh by the way after she called them gay she's like
2: I like to get laid
0: yeah (laughs) Fuck. Okay. if you guys aren't gay you want to fuck me (laughs) kind of thing
2: yeah, we're talk- it seems like, is this what Vince McMahon kind of sees, what, like, real, burly, masculine men being like, and what he thinks, I don't know, at least at that point in time, what he thought queer guys looks like? He Just... looks like that, what are you talking about?
1: He's constantly in what? a suit, with his uh, perfectly
2: done hair. Hey, we're not talking about Shawn Michaels here, guys, let's move on. <laughs> Just...
0: well, here's, here's a question. Is Brell supposed to be Vince McMahon, or is Brell supposed to be how Vince thinks other people see him? Or is I
1: Brell don't know. supposed to be Vince McMahon's take on the evil corporation? Because he has said a lot that, oh, I don't identify with corporate America. I identify with the everyman. You know, like, I think it was when Linda was running for uh, Senate he was like, yeah, I ended up spending all my time speaking to the bartenders while she was doing the things
0: she was doing because
1: I identify with him, not these people.
0: Because that's insane because we know now from anybody who's done any kind of interviews and talked about these kind of things and books and everything, Vince is not an everyman. He is not the guy that's like, you can't talk to him about, current affairs and modern just you know hey did you see a movie recently because he hasn't like the guy lives in his own bubble so he's not an everyman type of dude who can just pop up at the bar and just be like "Yo, just check out the the mets we're like you know how about this weather like he's he's a fucking phenomenon and it comes yeah. off in some ways at the beginning of the movie in particular, it comes off like Brell is Vince. But then by the end of it, it's kind of like, oh, well, he's clearly considering himself the villain, but then does Vince look at himself? Is this one of those things where if we wanted to get real psychologically deep about this, is this Vince, like, punishing himself?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think this movie warrants that kind of
0: psychological analysis. I'll put it this way. It's not written like that but it could be subconscious. That's what I mean. Because this is idea of like, that's that my type of character, but he needs to see uh, his end in a gruesly way because that's what, you know, I mean, it kind of seems like Vince hates himself sometimes. You ever get that vibe? He both loves and hates himself. I could do that. Yeah. At some points it's like, well, I'm Vince McMahon. God damn it. I'm fucking great. And other times it's like, please don't thank me in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to fucking fire you because I don't want that kind of attention. And that's like guilt and everything, you know? We're getting a lot deeper on this than I expected that we would be. But the point being, I get a feeling that that might be something to it. I don't know. I'd love to be able to fucking talk to him about that. God, if I had like the time to... uh, take that out of his schedule and to talk to him. Vince is one of the few people I would really actually want to like sit down and talk with. Just be like, dude, can I pick your brain about everything? Like literally everything. About some of this stuff. And can I also just be like I had a teacher that was great for this kind of things where I could get him distracted just by asking him any random question. So I would start every class with some kind of a random question because it would be like 10 minutes of the period. It would, we would just chit-chat about nonsense. My favorite of all being, you like scones? It's like 15-minute discussion about scones. Ah, scones are great. You eat them with some coffee. You do this, whatever. And I'm just like, well, scones are better than muffins, right? And like, it just And they're like, Tony, can you do that every day? Just kind of a thing, you know? I'd love to get that kind of opinion about Vince. Just chat, uh, chat him up about like, all right, Snickers or Milky Way? What's better? And just see where he fucking goes, you know? (laughs) Well, goddamn, pal, of course it's Milky Way. Like, you know, it's kind of thing. Like This stuff's incredibly interesting to me. I would love to check out more, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about this film. If Vince is on it. If it's other people, if it's, you know, fucking David Pamer. uh, To get another part of Unger, I I don't fucking care. Give me Vince. You know,
1: I, I very much want to see if they thought oh, we're gonna this is our ticket to Hollywood here, we're gonna right. make the best movie because this movie has zero depth in any way and I just wonder if they were like oh my god, this is gonna be so
0: great this is gonna change everything because you know that he wants to do that stuff yeah he's referred to WWF and WWE and everything as we're making movies and we've got WWE studios. We've got network stuff, you know, Vince wants to be a producer without being a producer in a lot of ways. So it very well could have been like, let's level up here. Just happens to be with this movie.
1: (laughs) Well, that's kind of the point is even though you think, we make movies, pal. No, you don't. And everything you try to do outside of professional wrestling bombs miserably. Yeah. XFL twice. Um World Bodybuilding Federation. Everything outside of wrestling, it never works.
2: Yep, see so uh go back to both two thousand one Wrestling on the Cinderful
0: Homes Smackdown Podcast for a few of the a few deep dives into that stuff. Do you think it was a directive that Richard Klinger in the credits was credited as Dick Klinger? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that, that was something where they're like, put him down as Dick Clinger?
2: Yeah, because like all this stuff, you just get a sense that the same with like WWE nowadays, it's all there to entertain an audience of one. It's like as long as Vince loved it, it's fine.
0: Like they credit the, the Dookie guy as Dookie.
2: I'm looking well, at the IMDB
0: it. right now. They spelled multiple people's names wrong and everything. There's also uh Harry James's um Diana James, who's different name entirely. But yeah, like the Dick Klinger, you know, it's they called him Dick Klinger for some reason. Oh, there's a guy who's credited as WWE. Wealthy wrestling enthusiast. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's the point where they were called WWF as well, so that's quite an interesting so. <laughs> Uh So the comedy. I mean, we got primarily Dookie, uh, the Harley in the tree <laughs> breaking the bed. Although that's also treated as dramatic. Uh,
2: uh, I'm trying to think of what what re really, what was, what was intentionally comedic.
0: It's yeah, the,
2: that's it's the r- weird thing because a lot of it, a lot of it's funny, but you know that's not what they're trying to do. It's just funny because it's hokey and like dumb. There, there's um, there's really only a few bits which I guess would they're putting there for real comedic effect. A lot of it with the bar, yeah, yeah, a lot of it the bar, a lot of it with the yeah the Dookie stuff, and yeah, all the rest of it is meant to be seen as like quite. quite as you say, dramatic and hopeful. It's not like it's not like when the, uh, Randy says yeah, he's like he's doing it for comedic effects. You're actually supposed to be Oh wow, he's super this is super emotional that he's like watching his brother fight out in this situation. It's like, no, it's just really funny, how it's just yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I assume that the, the little person in the cage is supposed <laughs> to be comedic. Oh of course it is. Again, uh, it's a man's yeah. sense of humor. Uh,
1: there's a little person in a cage. Why?
0: Because And he's just uh, kind of like cackling. Yeah. Sort of like ha 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 Like he's like I mean, it's fucking hornswoggle shtick. Got a little person acting uh make him act like a leprechaun type of a thing. Like this is definitely something that like events would have been like, That'd be funny if you had that in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, but again those things
2: that those again, those things are the the few intentionally comedic things is like when Zeus makes his big entrance and he grabs the waitress by the face and holds her <laughs> yeah. up in the air and then drops her through a bucket. That's not meant to be funny. You're supposed to actually be terrified. By that right.
1: Of the that was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I think that might have gotten one of the biggest reactions out of me in the movie. It's just, holy shit, okay, this is Because
1: that happens before Brell even smacks Samantha. Mm. Zeus just shows up and Face just palms this woman's face, lifts her up and drops her. Wild.
0: So thumbs down on the comedy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, There's also the romance, which couldn't got uh, get more of a thumbs down. Mm.
2: It's not. It's not good. It's not. It's not a well-told love story.
1: Callum, you've hated some of the relationships in the bond films i have to ask does this outdo any of those
2: relationships no <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's 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 different because i don't think it's as constituent a part in this movie as it is for some of the other ones this what's is more a, like a
0: side story for the actual plot. what's a better love story rip and samantha were bond and dink from goldfinger <laughs> I would say at least this one has more screen time, I guess. <laughs> For those who don't I mean, know, I, 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 the character in Goldfinger, Dink, is uh just in a uh, one-piece bikini, Bond says, leave, men are talking, smacks her in the ass, <laughs> and she leaves. That's literally yeah. it. Oh no! Yeah. Not literally, because he also says, "Dink, this is Felix. Uh, Felix, this is Dink," and then tells her to leave. So there you go. It's just her character's name is Dink. Slap you on the ass and leave.
1: So,
0: yeah, it's a different era of that. Even, even more
2: different than this one. Like that's. Uh, <laughs> that's this is uh, the but, type of
0: thing where you know, fifteen, twenty, whatever. I don't remember when Goldfinger came out. Uh, Goldfinger was what sixty, sixty six, maybe sixty seven, something maybe. So uh, twenty years goes by, which is insane to think about. And it's like, oh well, now we're giving women these uh, strong roles in these films. You know, she can escape her captivity when they're not paying any fucking attention to her, and she just walks out like.
2: Because uh, that, that's the whole—that's supposed to be the whole crux of the final scene—is the fact that he tells Hogan to take a dive because he's got Samantha held hostage. And Samantha makes her big escape by walking out of the room. And and she even though she manages to get into an elevator, the guys are faster walking down the stairs than she is in the elevator. And they get beaten up, and then she's there, and it doesn't really do anything, because like Hogan's, Hogan starts fighting back, but you assume he probably just would have started fighting back anyway. Because <laughs> it's not like he sees her, and then that's the, the fuel that he needs. To a degree. But yeah, it's, it's it's uh, yeah, the love the love aspect of the movie is very is is left wanting a lot. Sixty four apparently is
0: Goldfinger. Oh, okay, so it even more time has passed by. This is the type of movie that um, what do they call it when your parents have a cousin? Is it like a second removed? Something like that. So family member, mine, second cousin, whatever you might have been. I always think about how he enjoyed movies. He was the type of guy that would most likely, he probably had a VHS tape of this because he loved Steven Seagal films, Jean Claude Van Damme films, garbage movies like that. He would be like, oh, hey, you know, it's a pretty good movie, you know, the, uh, I don't know, like, Blood Sport. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie, you know. And it's like no, it's not really actually a pretty good movie. It's just kind of nonsense that you find fun and entertaining, but some people that's their measuring stick is did the movie make me laugh at some point, did the action do whatever? And I'm sure that Harry would have fucking loved this movie. But uh man, like the romance angle, they put it in this I'm sure, in part because they think incorporating a woman and incorporating a romance angle in the like most minimal fashion oh that'll you know that'll be for the women in the crowd. they love that kind of thing, which is not how this works either, but they didn't know that at that point. It's absolutely terrible, yep, no
2: I'll give it
0: for me
1: yeah, one hundred percent terrible.
0: And then we got the drama. <laughs> All the dramatic weight to this
2: film. Yeah, so, so I guess the most dramatic thing is a mixture of, um, like, Fuller's performance. Just, like, trying to be a real, like, bastard throughout the entire movie and trying to take out uh, rip, rip throughout the entire movie. And then I guess the most dramatic thing is, like, his brother being beaten up. Mm-hmm. And like the montage of him recovering in hospital while uh, Zeus is preparing for their big bout, that's supposed to be like the real deep moment where we start to really get an emotional attachment to uh, Rip's situation and how is he going to overcome this monster and the stuff that's been happening to his family. Just like th- there's been nothing in the movie that's really established why Randy is there other than being his brother. I say like, oh, my brother's Randy. Just like, and that's basically the real crux of their relationship throughout the entire movie. And then we're supposed to feel bad when he gets beaten up and feel there's this really deep bond between the two of them when they really spend no time in the movie establishing that at all. But he gets to go, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, And not only that, but r- really, they had a moment where the the security guards take Samantha and the poor guy is in a wheelchair and literally goes, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Because he can't see because they didn't turn the chair around. <laughs> when it's like, I, I don't know what they thought this film was going to be, but it's one of the worst things ever. Have you guys ever seen the room?
2: Uh, hey, Mark. Multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> what's
0: what's a better movie? This or the room? Room.
2: The Room the Room is more entertaining. Yeah. I'm sure. I can sit I I would be happily sit down and watch the room multiple times before I watch this again.
1: I, if you I haven't I seen the,
0: the movie The Room, definitely check it out, everybody.
1: Everybody thinks Ready to Rumble is a bad film. It's not. This is a bad film. Ready to Rumble is about what you'd expect from a wrestling film. This isn't straight up a bad film.
0: So other extra credit stuff here. Any other things to toss out about this movie? Pro or con, doesn't matter.
1: Uh, This, uh, this movie is the only reason Randy Savage became champion. I guess that's a pro, right?
2: I guess... Uh... If you were, if you were to give any sort of positive, it's like, apparently, it made money at the box office. Really? Yeah. So the movie de- debuted at number two, behind Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. No
1: fucking way.
2: Yeah. And uh, it made uh, about <laughs> Last five Crusade million. Is so much t- better. <laughs> and it made about five million in ticket sales in its first week. And then apparently, in total, the final tally was around about $16 million in ticket sales on an $8 million budget.
1: Huh. You mean they but doubled their money?
2: Apparently. Although, during a, um, it says here on Wikipedia, during the October 13th, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw, Vince McMahon joked, Hogan promised me that if the movie lost money, he was going to return his salary. I guess the check is still in the mail. This was during the Monday Night Wars and as part of a number of digs at Hogan's then new movie project, Assault on Devil's Island. Huh. Uh, raw commentator Jim Ross also joked during the late 90s, no holds barred, more like no profit allowed.
0: So I'm browsing the uh, the IMDB trivia right now. Yeah. Very first one here says... When the first draft of the script was turned in, Hogan and McMahon disapproved of it. So they checked into a hotel at Reddington Beach, California, uh, uh, Florida, not California, and stayed up for seventy-two hours writing, the, rewriting the script together. Hogan and McMahon, seventy-two hours rewriting the script. It's starting to make a little bit more sense now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean does
2: Vince even have like this long legacy of ripping up scripts at the last minute and then just put, (laughs) 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 Oh God, it's there. There's reasons why all this stuff comes across so terrible. I mean, it's hard to bring up anything that's really super positive. I mean, we kind of really discussed most of the, the high, like the most points of interest in the film because, so much of this film we discussed like the, the high points or the highlights of the things that really capture people's interest. And the rest of it is all just a load of waffle in between it or slow motion shots or like like but I'm sure like when Zeus makes his appearance, there's a, a good two to three minutes is just um yeah, is just Braille looking at him, and then Zeus looking, and Brawl looking, and then Zeus looking. And it's just like, why does every scene have to go on at
0: least like three or four minutes longer than it should do? Apparently, uh, Hogan broke Zeus's nose and cut his hand on the glass shards from the broken mirrors. So they did that Fred,
1: shot. He actually did that.
0: And yeah, they had that issue. So,
2: <sighs> so and gonna put here uh richard harrington of the washington post said that hogan's performance as a, is as dreadful as one might expect from a man with such limited skills outside the ring made worse by a story that is at once mo- more obvious and less inspired than your average wrestlemania script hmm. no holds barred makes rocky look like citizen pain
0: oh huh. a very young and unknown buff bagwell can be seen as an extra. I, don't know, I knew huh. that there must be some wrestler just hanging around there. I'm curious what scenes that might have been in. Wow, man, it's just uh, this is a fucking hoot. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, it,
2: it led to the the special appearance of the no holds barred the match the movie.
0: Well, let's yeah, yeah, let's get into that a little bit because we know, of course, more about that than we do about the movie itself because we've watched more of you know pro wrestling when it comes to that. But this did have lots of tie-ins with you know the current product at WWE at the time. Hmm. So
2: yeah, so so yeah, you had um, so the 1989s SummerSlam, so Hogan and Beefcake teamed up to take out take that to defeat savage and zeus so Zeus so becomes like an actual wrestler even though he had zero wrestling training he was an actor so they bring him in to do that anyway and then they do the whole No how to bother match the movie in december of 1989 and it's essentially just like there's a load of dark matches which were probably far more entertaining than a lot of the the actual main event itself which is hogan and beefcake again against brandy savage and zeus only this time inside a steel cage but on the rest of the show, you got Dusty Rhodes defeat the Big Boss Man, got the Ultimate Warrior against Dino Bravo for the Bravo for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, the the Colossal connect, connection of Andre the Giant and Haku defeating Demolition by a count out, although therefore not winning the tag team championships, and Mr. Perfect versus Ron Garvin. So probably some decent matches on the undercard. All those were dark matches though, so you never saw them unless you were actually in the crowd. You just saw. You just saw this steel cage match. I think it was it was followed up by the the actual movie itself. It, it was it was one or the other. I don't if, know. It
1: follows the movie. The movie came first.
2: Okay, so the movie comes first. Then this is the the epic rematch. Even though it's the second rematch because they've already done it at SummerSlam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, you know we don't get much else when it comes to uh, Zeus. It's not like he sticks around and has a ten-year career. No, well, yeah, he does, so
1: He does we, do Survivor Series.
2: Yeah, so and... he, yeah, so he wrestled Survivor Series as part of a um, a Ted DBRC's, uh team, I think, in a tag team match, and then he arrives in WCW as um, Z Gangster. Yeah, Z Gangster, and he's also part of that Doomsday Cage match.
1: With, uh, Where it's Jeep Swanson,
2: mm. Yeah, including him the uh, the ultimate solution. Hmm. Uh yeah, so yeah, he wrestles that match WSW's uncensored. And yeah.
0: And if and you are wanted,
1: you know, starting on Friday and yeah, be successful.
0: Friday, fifth element, Dark Knight. Remember his part in Dark Knight? I don't. He was the uh the guy on the boat. Oh, the, the guy who didn't
1: want.
0: Did, did he? He he was the guy at the bomb, the one who uh, doesn't uh, do anything with the bomb but put it back.
1: Ah, oh, oh, baby face turned for him.
0: He's apparently a gold member, prisoner number two.
1: I the guy I, I have seen him in Goldman.
0: I mean, this guy's in a million things. <laughs> apparently, in a he movie called "Who a- Made the Potato Salad." <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's that movie? Uh, yeah, he's all over the place. You've seen Tiny Lister and and some things here and there. Um, so he sadly passed him. away. No, no, sadly passed away. No, he died in, uh, last year. Yeah, December,
2: December tenth, Oh, he did.
0: Uh, these movies are just uh, they're post production. That's why then. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Again, yeah. He's so you'll see him in like
2: in he's a voice in Zootopia.
1: Really, in,
2: like. Uh, I'm trying to look at any of these other ones, which are a bit more. Oh, he's in the um, he's in the uh, third edition of the Human Centipede. Great, <laughs> that's a great uh, series to be
0: part of. I
2: wonder if he's more um, if he would have been more Front proud of, of being in this than he was in the in that movie.
0: Yeah, he's got uh, uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies that are going to be coming out that he's filmed stuff for.
2: Oh my uh, god, he's in Santa's Sly. With Goldberg? Yeah, the Goldberg, the Goldberg uh, Evil Santa movie.
0: <laughs> that is a movie. Depending no, on what we lot. have going on around December, mm-hmm. that is a movie that we might do another one of these fan tracks plus Miss the Smart type of things because I've never seen Santa Slay. I have. I, I have watched that movie. I have not. Yeah, I have seen it. It's a. Uh, it's a lot
2: better than this. It's, but that's obviously a logo. <laughs> Golbo uh, his wife on the but Golbo his wife on the um on the set of that. She was a stripper in the movie. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, the uh the legacy behind No Holds Barred. That's the reason why this is part of Miss This Mark. It's, you know, I couldn't be a pro wrestling and movie fan without watching a movie that goes between the two of the two uh sides of things i'm very glad that i watched it cuz it's terrible
1: it's worse than i remembered
2: yeah it's an abysmal attempt at trying to mix wrestling in with the hollywood elite
0: if you got to give it a star rating where are you going 1 we
2: going on the are we going on like a movie star scale? Or are we going on the Meltzer star scale? <laughs>
0: well, I mean the matches themselves are pretty much punches, so we can't uh do anything with the matches. Movie uh, scale. If if we go on the movie scale, then I'll give it. Can
2: I go half? You could technically get zero. Give, I'll give it one if I have to give like numbers. One is probably the most generous that score that I can give it. If it was a wrestling score, it'd be minus three
0: stars, probably. I gotta see where I ranked. That uh, that god awful fucking uh, Chuck Norris film. God, what was the name of the thing? We did a fan tracks or not fan tracks? We did a movie club for it. So, um, I, I gotta look in my uh, my letterboxed because it's it's around that range, but it's slightly better than that. Invasion USA. Okay, what did I give Invasion USA? I gave it the lowest possible right, rating that I could. <laughs> okay, So I guess I'm going one star just because I gave that one a half of a star and I can't give it zero. Um, Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. There's almost nothing that's good about it. It's very, very 80s and it's not that it's bad because it's 80s. It's bad because it's bad because there's good 80s 80 movies. 89 too. It does not feel like it should be 89. This feels like this should be like 84.
2: Yep. I guess they like like most things with WWE they're a few years too late from the people when it could have actually <laughs> may have actually done something
0: so somebody this wrote right. they gave it a three star on uh, Letterboxd this person's got this whole big long thing here I kind of feel like I need to read this because this is already sounding like this is loud. great yes, you are. Uh, so this is Joe on Letterboxd some thoughts I've spoken and written at length on the technique of the Hulk Hogan reaction shot, so I was pleased to see that No Holds Barred has the most ambitious HHRS of all time. <laughs> I guess this guy's, like, following Hulk Hogan reaction shots. As Hulk breaks down in tears after his young nephew, nephew, that was his brother, awakens Wrong. from a coma, I wonder what internal emotions Hulk called forth in order to convincingly cry on screen, especially since in 1989 his life hadn't gotten incredibly shitty yet. <laughs> Speaking of Hulk's nephew, what in the hell is wrong with that kid? He looks like he's perpetually on the verge of a complete emotional breakdown, even before he gets the shit beaten out of him by Tiny Lister and consigned to a wheelchair. Subtext of the corporate villains is kind of interesting. Kurt Fuller plays Mr. Brell, a villain who's unambiguously evil, as Hulk's character is unambiguously good, and whose scheme essentially involves selling a brutalized version of the great sport of professional wrestling to a public he cynically, yet accurately, it seems assumes has a strong lust for blood. How producer Vince McMahon saw himself as fitting into this dynamic is an interesting question, but he certainly never went broke underestimating the public's craving for a, uh, sport that has proven to be actually pretty dangerous. In addition to his heavy reacting duties, Hulk also has to serve as a romantic lead here, an aspect that lends the movie its most cringeworthy moments by far. There's a riff on It Happened One Night, that somehow failed to popularize ultra-tiny red shorts for men the way that Clark Gable popularized not wearing an undershirt. One of the bad guys shits himself. Three stars. <laughs> <laughs> I not like review on that one. That's... Another one just says... <laughs> it's a one-star review. This is the most recent one. Loved this as, as uh, loved this as a kid. Then on all caps, Dookie as an adult. Also, Hogan can eat shit. <laughs> one star. <laughs> oh man, I definitely want to check out one more movies that are along these lines. I want to find the uh, the review that's the biggest out of this one too. Let me see if somebody actually legitimately likes this movie. I see a four star. What do you get when you combine peak Hulk Hogan, a young Vince McMahon, and a mountain of Cochise? Cochise? What's that? I don't even know what that is. And steroids? Is that, I was going to say, is that some sort of like, um,
2: I guess, a term for cocaine or something like that? Maybe they typed
0: it wrong or something. Google mm-hmm. that real quick. It's, uh, yeah, no, they must have typed that wrong. This is like, what's the meaning of whatever? It's coming up, a county in Arizona. Uh, solid fucking gold, that's what you get Another person says It's too bad this movie didn't make more money Or people will be still calling each other Jock-ass to this day <laughs> Kurt Fuller gives an insane performance And is easily the best thing about this The opening theme sounds like an instrumental Of owner of a lonely heart Also, was I the only one who got a kick Out of the line? Rip says The worms are too good for you Was this brutal put-down supposed to make the already Extremely enraged Zeus even angrier? They gave it four stars. I'm
1: oh, good to know. <laughs> to each their own.
0: Another person just says four stars. Art. <laughs> That's it. Another person gives it five stars and just what's dookie. <laughs> <laughs> well, dookie. We got a four and a half of this film is so wild. It gives me great joy. I love it. Oh, wow, we got an all-caps one for four stars. Uh, wow, I really missed out. I was a huge Hulkamaniac as a kid. I love Hogan's film work, too. Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, even Santa with Muscles, yet somehow I missed... I remember this is all all caps. So it's, yeah, somehow I missed this fucking told just now. This would have... You know, the whole thing, shouting. This would have... Easily been a favorite of mine had I seen it. Hulk plays Rip. Rip is pretty much Hulk, except that he wears blue instead of yellow. Rip is an honorable wrestler and a nice guy. When a rival group of wrestlers comprised of drunken monsters who bar brawl, each other into comas challenge Rip, he resists. Soon his brother is beat. His lady is attacked and kidnapped, and Tiny Lister Jr., complete with unibrow and guttural calls, is demanding Rip to fight him. It's amazing. Hogan even beats up a guy with a motorcycle while riding it. This should be a classic four stars another one uh, God, says, I'm
1: not that deranged of a wrestling band to call this a four star film
0: there's a half star that just says hot dog shit <laughs> there's one that says two and a half stars fact play this movie in the presence of any woman and she'll take you by force <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what I've been doing wrong
0: Holy fuck, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. The writing, the acting, the cinematography. Hmm, chef's kiss. This film should be analyzed at every film school, and a version of it should be displayed at the <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> One just says transcendent. Uh, so bad it's good. Wait, so bad it's bad. No. <laughs> My favorite part uh, of this movie is when Jacob from Lost is in a wheelchair and neck brace, crying while Hulk Hogan is getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> Another one says, "My favorite David Payner uh, Stan Hansen movie." Is he been in multiple films? Stan Hansen was in a load of wrestling themed, uh,
2: a wrestling uh, centric movies. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if any of them are any good, but like I know he was in a few of them. I'm actually going to check his uh, filmography quickly, because I'm pretty sure he was in quite a few, in, uh, not a, a load, but I'm sure he was in more than one. I'm
1: surprised they never tried to bring him in.
2: Uh, this... I should be dressed for a little bit.
0: This guy didn't even give a rating, but he says in his review, there's a dude named Brock, L- Brock Chisler... And a dude named Bulldog McPherson in this movie. There's a fight in a steel mill against a dude named Lug Wrench. Hulk Hogan plays himself, but is named Rip, and throws down Hawaiian shakas every chance he gets. If you ever get, if you ever wanted to see Hulk Hogan do push-ups in a banana hammock while the moon gleams up his oiled up, over tanned muscles, this is for you. <laughs> oh, to, to,
2: to that he um, he wasn't in that much really. Yeah, this is the only. Um... He's, he's been in two movies. Well, he's, this is the only movie that he's been in so far. Yeah, the it's a proper movie, I guess. With no hotspot. Unless you clown things like. Um, but, yeah, a few documentaries and stuff like that. But he's coming out with Well, there's a movie that's coming out soon called The Replaceables, which I assume is some sort of a... Spoof on the extendables? Yeah, I'd, it seems like it's going to be... Oh, oh, my God. Just look <laughs> at this. So there's, so there's a load of wrestlers in it already. I can tell that much. So we've got Ernest Miller's in this. Oh my god. Uh Haku is in it. Um I'm trying to see. Uh DDP's in it. So yeah, uh Gangrel's in it. Oh boy. And the tagline is well the tagline or a, a small description of it is here. An alien force came to conquer. They had no idea this bunch was in town.
0: Wow.
1: Oh, no. Might have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's going
2: to be one to watch. Yeah, the tagline is can they find victory just one more time.
0: Yeah, so essentially it's a spoof on the Expendables. So I'll read this one. This is the last review I'm going to read because I think this pretty much sums up most of what we've been saying. This is uh, Jack Scagnetti on Letterboxd. Give it three stars. Full disclosure, this is one of the worst movies ever but it comes all the way back around to being absolute genius. You could not possibly write a comedy movie this hilarious if you tried. There is such misogyny, juvenile humor, and flat out misunderstanding of physics (laughs) that it could only be a product of the 80s wrestling's minds. I love this movie. From the dookie to the attempted rape (laughs) and multiple successful murders, to the evil network execs not caring about an escaped convict because he gets ratings, this is the most insane movie ever, and it has no concept as to how ridiculous it really is. Atrocious dialogue, acting, plot, characters, it's all so bad that it's good. Go in expecting to laugh and you'll have a great time. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up with a lot of this. Uh, This is hot garbage and a lot of fun to have watched.
1: (laughs) Ah, I really enjoyed it. In terms of like, I enjoyed sitting down with you guys and Bullshit. Laughing at the yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah this is not a movie I would ever recommend to Anybody as far as like Hey you want to watch a film
1: <laughs> You know You want to watch a cinematic Masterpiece
0: Right. We could watch you know something like Forrest Gump we could watch American Beauty We can watch Fight Club or we could watch No Holds Barred Sure Okay so, yeah thumbs down uh, if this was Review to a Kill, I'd say we're all going with Stirred here instead of Shaken. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, tell us your thoughts on what you think about this movie, about its place in pop culture history, whatever you want to call it. Tell us also some suggestions of some other things you would like us to check out because I haven't seen Santa Slay. I haven't seen uh, Ready to Rumble. I, I haven't seen uh, They Live. I haven't seen that either. So there's there's options for us to watch wrestling movies to kind of go between the two different fanboys and uh smart guy moment kinds of things. And of course, other movie stuff you'll find on fanboys, other pro wrestling stuff you'll find here. But, um, you know, it's a crossover between different things. There's also the the movies like The Marine and stuff like that. Like, I've never seen any of those. If you guys really want us to watch some of those things, you think it'll be particularly fun then that's something that we can get into at some point. I'd be up for doing some more movie content, just kind of switch things up a little bit and not have to talk all the time about the stuff that's happening with the current product.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, this is going to be more entertaining because we're still not sitting down for three hours watching it.
0: Well, maybe there's a director's cut. Maybe this is like, you know, Zack Snyder does a re-edit of this film and it's from some four-hour-long version of uh, of this film where there's a reason why all these things happen that are just, you know, when he says, you know, I hate it when you're hurt, it's like, oh, because they've actually had, like, this big, long romance that has been cut from the movie and everything, you know? If there was a director's cut, would you watch it?
1: If it featured... Behind-the-scenes footage and production uh, outtakes, yes.
0: God, outtakes would be great.
2: I I would deliberately seek out the things that I haven't already seen in the movie. for any, not, I would not sit the whole way through <laughs> a director's car after
0: already watching this. If anybody finds anything like that, send it my way. I'll do something based off of it. I'd love to check out deleted scenes and stuff, too. So, yeah. Rounding this out, make sure you follow everything that we got going on here. Hit the like button if you enjoyed this, especially because then I know if, you know, if a lot of people are hitting the like button on this, I know that we can go back and do these again in the future, you know, drop a comment, tell us that Hit the applause button. If you want to toss our, uh, change our way, the join button as well, join the membership side of things over here on smart moment. That's the same thing as the Patreon. Of course, the Patreon has the Pick Your Poison tier, so if you really do, in particular, one of the CS do some things like this, then you can request it as part of that, and then we'll do it, because that's the whole point. Follow what I've got going on, but follow what these guys have going on, follow what's coming up next on the channel. Next week, we're going to be doing the NXT TakeOver In Your House stuff, and then following that, we're going to get into Hell in a Cell, and we got some blank weeks coming up too so we're going to try to fill that in with some other kind of things here and there maybe a tournament coming up soon i don't know haven't quite decided on that yet maybe some other stuff along the way there's you know dark cast material you know you'll see things if you're subscribed which you should be then things will pop up and you know we'll see you with uh with all that stuff but in the meantime, follow all of our exploits on Facebook and Twitter and everything. I'm at Tony Mango. Callum is over there at Wigmeister14. Yep, you can check me out
2: there on Twitter. And you can check out all of the articles on smarcomo.com, but primarily the power rankings. Always uh, prioritize that one because that's the one that I put together every single week. And if you're interested in more retro related, wrestling content if you haven't checked it out already there's both 2001 a wrestling odyssey and the paul heyman smackdown podcast over in the podcast feeds
1: yeah and you can follow me on twitter at DudeFelice. you can check out everything i'm doing over at fightful.com wrestlezone.com and a whole bunch of other websites i, I did the a recent battlegrounds podcast i'm always uh over on the rest friends podcast just Keep clicking around, and you'll see me somewhere.
0: And I got my stuff going on. Just hang out under a mango tree, and you'll find it all. But that's going to do us in for this edition. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for checking out the fan tracks, if you did that as well. Show some love over to Fanboys Anonymous and all the stuff on the blue brand. And we'll see you either on that side or this side with the next one. That's going to do us in. This has been another Smark Out Moment, and we're being counted out.